Billy King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome back, all you crazy cute coders. Why do I sound so weird today? Do you? Literally how you sound every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the fact that, like, I I feel like I'm muffled or something. No, it's just whenever you talk first, you do this little twang. (laughs) Welcome back, call you crazy cute coders. Well... (laughs) He he loves the I don't know about no, that. He but. loves the word W U S S U P. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just what's up. What's up, cute coders? Or should I say, okay. what is up, cute coders? Is that the most proper way that I could possibly say it? Yes. Do my levels look okay on there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting a cold. I don't know. But um we got another good show for you guys today. So I think what we've decided to start doing is we're going to just quickly let you know what we will be talking about on today's episode. We'll backtrack into a little get to know ya, and then we will get into those questions. So if you're just super curious about what we're going to talk about, we are going to cover the science behind sleep. You might think that sounds awfully boring and a good way for me to go to sleep, but I will tell you that sleep is very important. I can do need some to, sleep right now. You need to learn about it. Travis and Alan, you guys will love this. Well, I remember re- <laughs> long, I remember at one point I read some type of article about like taking naps and how beneficial to your health it is to actually take naps. Yeah, but, I don't know what naps are. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, in the adult world, they don't exist. So well, you got to make them exist. Like... They should implement nap time at work. They should. Well, like, well, yeah, I was going to say, when you were in, but you didn't go to Mexico. You just went to a Spanish-speaking mission in yes. in New Jersey. <laughs> but did they have siestas? No, there's <laughs> no siestas in New Jersey. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they should implement siestas. But anyway, then Alan is going to cover what are the most fascinating exoplanets and or just more or less talk about exoplanets in general, right? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of changed it a little bit. Exoplanets are very exo exciting. <laughs> Exociting. <laughs> is that how you say it? You Ex- made up a word. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say like you can't make up a word and then ask me if that's how you say it. Is that the correct etymology? <laughs> is that the did I pronounce exociting it right? is what I would say. Exoplanets are exociting. All right, and then Trav is going to do a little game that I'm looking forward to, uh, but it's called What's That Sound? Nintendo Edition. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to get back into my childhood roots and remember when I actually had a Nintendo. And see well, that answers identify. one question for me, because as I was doing this, I was thinking to myself, I don't even know if these guys had a Nintendo. <laughs> oh, We're we half did. Japanese. Of course we had a Nintendo. I don't know. Okay, the truth is, Trav, we did not have a Nintendo. We had a Nintendo. Oh, my God. (laughs) No one had a Nintendo. Everyone had Nintendo. What are the other things that you would... He just asked you how to say a word he made up, and now he's correcting you on how to say Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I used to always tell you, like, it's not teriyaki. Oh, yeah. It's, it's teriyaki. 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 And it's not... Karaoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not origami. Origami. It's origami. And it's karate. not karate. It's karate. I will say it however <laughs> I freaking want. <laughs> but what's is, that one? And it's not Godzilla. It's Gojita. 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 And what was that? What, what's that brand? That company that has like the three diamonds that makes cars and TVs and stuff? Mitsubishi. Oh, Mitsubishi yeah. or Samsung? Mitsubishi. You said it right. Good job. Oh, great! Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anyone that miss says that one. I know they don't because they actually say it right. But Mitsu is three. Bishi is diamond. Oh, three diamond. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't so, learn anything else today, <laughs> you learn that. You know how to say <laughs> Nintendo correctly. <laughs> All right. So just to get it, get into this, and as Trav said last week, we were for the time being, we were just kind of going to maybe go through like a what if situation or a would you rather situation just to kind of get us to trying to get to know us better, right? So for this week, I have come up with a question for you two. Tell me who wants to answer first. <laughs> Can we hear the question first? (laughs) I'll answer first. All right. Would you rather know the exact way you'll die or the exact time you'll die? Uh, I'd probably want to know the exact time. I think knowing exactly how I'm going to die would freak me out. (laughs) Both of them would freak me out, but. Because in one case, you have, like, a clock that's counting down, in essence. Yeah. I think I'd rather have the time because then I'd at least know that, like, there's a there's a movie. It's called, like, uh, oh, man, I can't remember what it's called. Well, it doesn't matter now. Um, but it's basically this guy is given uh, a certain amount of time to live. and The ring. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of, like, a, an action comedy. Oh. He's a cop, and so he just... He, like, doesn't care anymore. He's not careful about his life, so he just goes off and he's just jumping out windows and everything. Because he knows he's not going to die. He knows he's going to die. And well, then, I was going to say because he knows he's not going to die if, until that time. Until that well, no, time. No, so he could do anything. Really well, no, it's, and not it's really until was, that time. A doctor gave him, like, you have this much time left to live because oh, of this illness. And so okay. he's like, I'm going to die anyway, so might as well be jumping out a window or doing this, you know? Yeah. And it just ends up that he never, ever dies from any of these things. And then at the end, you basically find out that it was a misdiagnosis and he got somebody else's diagnosis. And so he was just being <laughs> reckless for no reason. So it was a pretty good movie. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. You'll have, but... you have to find it and let us know because I kind of yeah. want to watch that now. Yep. So, so I, you'd rather go with I'd time. go with the time. All right. How about you, Al? I would rather know what time I'm going to die too because I think if I knew how I'm going to die but not when I'm going to die, it would be the most anxiety-ridden. <laughs> like I would be looking at, like, say I was going to die by a meteor hitting me randomly. I would just be, like, always on the lookout. What is that? Yeah, when is, is that gonna... a shooting star? Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know when it's going to you... happen, but I know how it's going to happen. So I would just be like constantly trying to be in the. I would just sit in the middle of a padded room and be like, nothing can touch me here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you uh, 
would be more prone to get hit by a meteor because if you had unlimited money, you would just go buy a spaceship. <laughs> yep. So you would have zero barriers to meteor entry. <laughs> but maybe I wouldn't if I knew that's how I was going to die. <laughs> um, okay, so both of you guys would go with time. So what if you guys said, okay, I choose time, and then the higher power comes down and just says, 8.57. Like, was that a part of it? You can't just change <laughs> stuff. You said the exact time. A.M., P.M., exact what day or whatever. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's Don't change it. This, not, yeah, this isn't said. like, this could get us on a path that would take us down for like an hour we'd be talking about this. I know. I was just <laughs> messing with you guys. But I don't, I don't know. I batted this around in my head since... Oh, a back to the head. That'd be a, that'd be a, it was a strong swing. It'd be a good way to go. And in some ways I agree with Alan. Like if I knew how I was going to die, then I could actively avoid that situation. But if I got the news that it was like, you will die by asphyxiation, (laughs) asphyxiation. (laughs) Somebody who was born in America. (laughs) Is that how you say that word? You have the hardest time <laughs> saying words. <laughs> but I, I can say acquiesce just fine. <laughs> well, glass houses, Trav. Acquiesces. Hey. Acquiesce. Yeah, See, <laughs> you're even like fumbling it. <laughs> hey, and the words that I'm saying are coming from his writing. So you can't blame me. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, like if it was a way that was like, you're going to die in a way that's very like prone to happen like basically anywhere then that would suck cuz you can't just like avoid it. Like if it is just like a meteor situation, you could be like I'm going to meteor proof my house or Why something. Why are we talking? <laughs> it's very unlikely that it's going to be a meteor. <laughs> well, no. It would be like a car crash or something so that's, then would you ever get in a car or <laughs> No, that's yeah. why I specifically cuz that's the first thing that entered my mind was like get hit by a car. But then I was like, well, you know for the most part, where all cars are, so you would just avoid all those places. But a meteor is literally like almost like a lightning strike. You just do not know. You can't prevent it. You don't know where you're, you're going to get hit. You don't know how. <laughs> okay, so let's say that you were that's told literally like a you are going thing. to die via a car. Like you were going to get hit by a car. I would so stay now away you have from to, roads. You have to avoid cars at all costs. But now, aren't you just basically like? diminishing your um what's the word happiness in life your level of enjoyment what's your, your what? sure your quality, quality, quality yeah quality life. your quality of life because now you're avoiding cars at all costs what you're just like staying inside all the time well yeah. i guess it's worth living at really that point? and truly it I guess this part of the conversation is kind of irrelevant just because we all chose <laughs> that we'd rather know the time instead of how. So we wouldn't be necessarily avoiding yeah. anything. We would well, be, I haven't chose yet. <laughs> you said, <laughs> I agree with Alan, is what you said. I said on the point that he... Oh, good heavens. Okay, what, <laughs> what would you choose? Last week when Trav did the question, do you remember that he didn't get an answer? Now I know how he feels. No, I asked you. Are you... The thing is, is that you yeah. talked. You, <laughs> I didn't even speak. You have been speaking for a long time. And so forgive us if we thought that you answered. 
All right. So my answer is I'd probably rather know the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so dumb. It is every everything. Every question is so long with you. Every answer just. All right, we've been going 12 minutes already. So let's jump into the first question. What is the science behind sleep? Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. 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 Mockingbird. Don't everybody have you heard? Have you heard? She's going to buy me a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, she's going to buy me a diamond ring. And if that diamond ring don't shine. Hey, Lloyd, look, there's some people want to ride too. Pick them up. Trav got into that. Yeah. Dude, it's, exactly. It's like one of his favorite movies, though. So. <laughs> I love Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I don't know how that pertains to the, the sleeping. He was, he was lip syncing it the entire time and like throwing up devil horns or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I was doing exactly what Jim Carrey does. Oh. Doesn't Jim Carrey like sing into like a beer bottle or something like I that? I don't think so. No. Or maybe he does. I don't know. Uh, was it the same one he peed in? That's gross. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, why did I pick that? Because it's a lullaby. Oh. If it's uh. not sung by Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> and then, therefore, it has to do with sleep. So I went into this. So early on, I kind of started looking at sleep a little bit more in the last few years as far as like, okay, it's something that I need to prioritize because you grow up, if you're anything like me, you just kind of like, whatever, sleep, I'll sleep when I die, right? Is basically the saying. It's like, I'm just going to push it. If I have to stay up late to get this done or that done, and then I got to be up early to do this and that, and you just live off of caffeine and, you know, so you just keep pushing yourself, but... I'm like, I know that sleep has got to be important. So I decided to take this time to be like, I'm going to really start digging into I have it. a hunch <laughs> that sleep is important. <laughs> so long story short, about 40 hours worth of research later, you are now going to get a three-part series on sleep and the importance of sleep, the science behind sleep. We'll get into diseases with sleep. We'll get into like the benefits of sleep. Like narcolepsy? That is a disease. So, but on today's part one of this, the science behind sleep, we're going to go through basically like how does sleep happen? Like what is happening while you're sleeping, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So my first note was have a brief discussion with the guys as to why humans need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so this sounds like a crazy question because... If someone would have asked me this question before, I would have just said, because I'm tired and I need to rest. So then I go to sleep and then I wake up and I'm not as tired, right? What do you guys have to say? Well, this is kind of like an interesting question that I've always like wondered is what's the difference between going to sleep, actually falling asleep, being unconscious, going to REM sleep or whatever, and just like, why can't you just lay there still conscious and feel like you got some sleep? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the difference? Yeah. So, like, for example, if you're saying, 
okay, well, I'm sleeping because I'm physically trying to rest, right? So why can I not just just sit there and not move? Yeah, just lay not there. Not move my body. And in essence, my body should be getting rest. Yeah. Why do I have to be unconscious for my body to get rest? Yes. That's what you're asking. That's okay. a question of mine. Trav, any thoughts on sleep or just do you not really ever think about it? Because, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily did until later in life. I do pretty good at sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's definitely nights that I don't get as much. Case in point, these nights. Um, because we are here recording till long hours of the night. And uh, <laughs> I go home and I have to wind down. But normally, as soon as I get my kids into bed, I can pretty much pass out pretty quick. So, I, I mean, I know you need to do it. Again, you throw in what Alan asked. I don't know why there's a difference in that. But, I mean, your body just needs to read generate the energy that to get you through the next day yeah Yeah. however that works i don't know and i agree with that and and the weird thing is like what alan said he's like it's not even just humans have to sleep like all animals sleep like it's just something that's like common amongst all animals on earth um and that was actually a point i was going to bring up is exactly what alan said like why would evolution basically create something that Put your brain offline, so it makes you, you more vulnerable. Yeah. While you're so if you are like a caveman and you just like at any moment could be attacked by a saber toothed tiger, why would your body like shut off? Basically, shut your brain off, basically, and just be like you're unconscious. So you're very vulnerable right now because it feels good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is an interesting thing. So if you bring it down to its nuts and bolts, obviously we as society think a lot about nutrition. We think a lot about exercise, but sometimes the one thing that we neglect to think about is sleep. So I'm trying to focus on sleep because I like to eat whatever I want and I don't like to exercise. So <laughs> I don't, you don't, you don't want to talk about the thing that's hard for you to do. Like sleep actually comes natural. So let's talk so, about well, I'm that. I'm just saying like, I should at least be good at one of these three things. <laughs> No, but they're all important, but meaning like a lot of people will focus on nutrition and exercise because everywhere you see it in the media, you see it advertised everywhere, but you don't see see as much about sleep advertised, right? Um, So, but then all that is a buildup to basically say like, it's crazy, but with all the science that they've done behind it, they have a pretty good idea of things that do happen when you're sleeping, but they don't still have a complete understanding of why you have to sleep it's still kind of an open-ended question they just know that if you don't you'll die that's the one absolute with sleep i think i'm going to use that from now on like when my kids like wake me up too early i'm like it's been scientifically proven that if i do not sleep i will die and so will you and if it's (laughs) if you do not leave me alone If it's anything like my kids, though, they'll just be like, that's cool, Dad. We've we've been waiting for you to die for quite some time now. Yeah, no, my kids don't care. They're like, then die because it's time to get up. Because <laughs> they'll be like, well, because my daughter is waiting for me to die so she can st- sell my stuff, if you remember. I do. <laughs> do you even have that many cool things? I mean, I know you don't have our uh, basketball cards. That's a whole new, another topic, <laughs> but I know you don't have those. Nope. 
I don't do have we, much value. Do we know like how long, like there's statistics, like you can go three days without water. You can go like a few weeks without food before you die. Do we know how long you can go without sleep before you die? Um, you can, I mean, you can go several days, but once you get past a few days, especially like if you start getting into like the week range, mm-hmm. um, you're basically, you'll die pretty quick after that point. And it's crazy. Isn't dying just basically just sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you die, but then it's like, oh, wait, no, here's sleep. Let's bring you back to life. <laughs> but the crazy thing is that they've found that even if you, if you are up for like, so people have tried to break like the world record for like, I'm going to stay awake. So like the world record was like five days and then somebody broke it and like was awake for six straight days, you know? And then I think somebody got to like seven or eight straight days is like the record or something. But they had to actually. (laughs) That is a a record. (laughs) You don't want to break. (laughs) I'm okay. Not even attempting. (laughs) But the thing is that the Guinness Book of World Records had to take that particular record out of their books and say like, we're no longer doing this record because it is dangerous. Because one, obviously you could die, but even the people who like a couple of the people that attempted it did eventually die shortly after. And then even if they didn't die, they had complications with their health for like the rest of their life. All because of like that one week mm. that they that they broke the record with. So that's where it shows you how important it is. But then that brings up perfect transition travel. It brings up the question or the idea of sleep debt. So what is sleep debt? Sleep debt is just basically when you go to bed and if you only sleep for four hours in one night and you are short of the number of hours that you your body requires, you build a sleep debt. So maybe you're negative three hours. And then if you do that, the next night you get two hours less sleep than you should, you're now negative five hours of sleep debt. And sleep debt is actually something that I like the way that this professor put it. He said, you can, you can like with financial debt, you can kind of like dodge it or whatever for a little while. With sleep debt, you cannot escape the sleep debt collectors. They will eventually catch up with you in the form of the fact that you'll just literally pass out. <laughs> or the sleep debt collectors, like the iGoober fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Those fairies that spring the dust on <laughs> yep. I The go- Sandman. Yeah, iGoober fairies. So, <laughs> that's what they're called. So anyway. so Yeah, what's some- up with that? <laughs> Why do you get eye crusties? Did you, you do you cover this in any of your three days of <laughs> sleepness? I have zero comments on eye crusties. Uh, <laughs> go, go for it if you have yeah, it. All right. I don't. Oh. I have no clue. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, oh, well, I have very extensive details on eye goobers. I don't. I mean, it's the same as like, why do you create boogers or earwax? Your body's just naturally excreting things out of it to get rid of bad things, right? Mm. I so. guess. That would be my assumption. <laughs> All right. So let's bust through this really quick. So here's some facts for you, sleep death facts. 30% of adults report getting fewer than six hours of sleep per night. 70% of high school students report getting fewer than eight hours of sleep per night. 40% of adults claim to have fallen asleep unintentionally at least once in the last month. And individuals with sleep debt are 7.5 times more likely to attempt suicide. Well... So, do any of those jive with I you? I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I've, up to this point, have not been counting my debt, my sleep debt. So, 
I don't think I've actually fallen asleep unintentionally um, over the last month. There have been a couple of times when I'm at work that like I get super drowsy after after lunch, mm. and I'll just go into the bathroom. <laughs> Because we have, we don't just have like the the stalls, the normal stalls that like, it's it's just a full room, so you go in and so I just sit there and I like put my head my head in my lap and I like pass out for like five minutes. But that <laughs> that comes, I think I've maybe done that twice since I've worked at my job over the last year and a half. So I don't think anything happened over this last month. Do you go in there and like actually pull your pants down and sit on the toilet like you're going to go and then you just go to sleep or do you just go in there with the intention of going to sleep so you're just sitting on it the just toilet is a weird question <laughs> so, you're so just do sitting- you actually pull your pants down <laughs> no i just go in and you I just sit go down. in and you sit down yeah, i just sit fully down fully clothed fully clothed but like on the toilet yeah well cuz it's a seat <laughs> <laughs> makes sense does it have a top lid it or does. is it like just one of the open ones? But it's a little bit more comfortable to just actually sit on the toilet seat because it's <laughs> it's made for your butt. <laughs> so I've had I've had times in the past where I've definitely fallen asleep unintentionally. I mean, even to the point where I would like go and put my name in for a haircut, and then I would just be waiting for my haircut, and then I'd pass out, and then I would wake up to like somebody be like Dan. Dan? Is there a Dan? And like, oh, that's me. <sighs> <laughs> <Sorry. Yuck. laughs> what? I've been waiting for 10 minutes. You can't expect me to stay awake. Um, but anyway, yeah. So obviously, I don't know. Any of these, do you guys probably, you Trav, do you get six hours of night, sleep a night? Usually. Alan, have you fallen asleep in, unintentionally? Yep. Okay. <laughs> So you guys fit into the sleep debt problem right here. So the national... How do I fit into the sleep debt? You are probably tried to attempt suicide recently. <laughs> I don't think I'd fall into the sleep debt. All right, fine, Trav. You're good at sleep. Thank you. I told you. I know. Fine. <laughs> Lucky. It's one thing that I kind of have down. I should get more, but I at least get six. So what if you're what if somebody like had an actual ego about that like strutting around it's like I'm better asleep than you <laughs> piece of sh- non-sleeper I'm a top 10% sleeper <laughs> Um but yeah like national so the national annual sleep deficit they calculate to be roughly 90 billion hours of sleep debt that's accrued in our country every year Wow so that's we should all just have like a sleep day and just one big sleep <laughs> recession. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Catch up on our sleep. Um, all right. So co- problems with obviously not sleeping. The short-term problems that it can cause are transportation-related accidents, work-related accidents, loss of productivity in the workplace. They calculated it. If you take the amount of lost productivity that they attribute to sleep deficits – in the workplace, they calculate that to be worth about $212 billion per year. So it's costly as well to not... Mucho monies. Which is true. <laughs> Have you guys ever been at work and you're kind of like, you're you're tired enough that you just like, ah, I have whatever I do today has just kind of got to be like easy because I can't. Com- yeah. I can't like read something that's boring or something today because if I do, I'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep, that's lost productivity for you. Mm-hmm. So Trav might I think that happened to me last have night. A sleep debt problem. That happened to you last night. Pretty sure. <laughs> but it's super annoying because I work in an ER, so I'm at the whim of <laughs> people coming in. You're just like hoping for a slow night, and then. But if you're super tired, wouldn't you almost like, rather have it be busy? Because if it's slow, then you're more prone to fall asleep. Well, I'm more irritable when I'm tired, so. Okay. I don't know. All right, long-term <laughs> problems. What do you think could happen if you don't sleep over a long period of time? Death. Well, we talked about death. All right. Is. <laughs> if you just have a sleep deficit for a long period of time. Not even that you're like not sleeping at all, but you're just not getting enough sleep. Loss know. of memory. So, yeah, that could be. But here's a few. Weight gain, diabetes, heart attack, high blood pressure, arrhythmia, stroke, more prone to get colds, and depression are a few of the things that can happen solely if you got like an hour less sleep than you should per night or something like that. So it doesn't even have to be that much, but after a while, it just adds up. So that is sleep debt. It's from an hour of less sleep. Yeah, I mean, even if you got 16 minutes of less sleep in a night, that's been shown to actually cause you but to less make than mis- what? one extra mistake the next day. Less than what, though? So as an adult, you should be getting somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep a night. So if I get six, that's considered sleep debt. Yep. You would be probably an hour short. That's what the math says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get past that, though. That's the boring stuff. So process of sleep, there's two, mi- two like primary substrates is what I call it, but I don't know if that's the proper word of sleep, but there's non-REM and REM sleep, right? Mm-hmm. You guys probably heard the two different terms before. So non-REM sleep is when you go look at it from a scientific or a standpoint or whatever, when they do the EEG, do you know what the EEG, EEG stands for? Well, you're pointing to your ear, so it has to do something with your ear. <laughs> I never meant my head, but <laughs> an EEG is an electroencephalogram, and it measures uh, kind of the wavelengths and patterns um, of your brain activity. Of your brain activity. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you're sleeping, um, you usually have a slow wave pattern. When you're awake, you have very active like desynchronized type of pattern. When you're sleeping, it's a slow synchronized pattern that they see. Um, also, when you're in non-REM sleep is when you kind of have your slow, uh, rolly eye movements. Like if you watch people like sleeping in that deep sleep, may, their eyes may slowly just kind of roll around in their heads. Um, <clears throat> but the thing with it in in REM, non-REM sleep is you can actually still dream. So a lot of people, it's a misnomer because I always thought you can only dream in REM sleep, but you can actually dream in both REM and non-REM sleep. But when you dream in non-REM sleep, it's just like the boring mundane dreams typically. So the dreams were just like, I went to work today. So is that like the last <laughs> dream how you thought you woke up? So you were like in REM when you were doing your survival test and also at the Bellagio, but then you thought you woke up, but then you realized that you were must be still sleeping, but you just carried on and went to a bunch of work meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe I transitioned from REM to non-REM, and then that's how I had to finish my dream off. All right. So yeah, it's possible... 
the dream in non-REM. Uh, when you're in non-REM, though, you are able to – you can have muscle spasms. Your body can move. I hate when that happens <laughs> when you're like – <laughs> when you're starting to doze yeah, and your body's – and I know that there is a medical term for it. I actually saw it on – I actually think it was on House. but <laughs> So who knows if it's real or not. But like you're just starting to doze and all of a sudden your body's just like <laughs> – It's like, are you, are you alive? That happens all the time. I watched my son Kai do that the other day. He fell asleep in my car and then <laughs> – we were just driving, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just like, like flipped out and just like <laughs> flailed. <laughs> flailed his arms and his legs. But yeah, because you feel like you're falling. That's yeah. why. Um, but yeah, it was what is a, is a famous. I have to remember. <laughs> I have to remember who it was. <laughs> it might have been Thomas Edison or something, but. He figured out like, oh, I have some of my best ideas when if I'm like almost asleep, and so he'd put like ball. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Chaz is laughing in the corner. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. It just hits your face when you do that. <laughs> I can't even do it. Okay, so just, just trying to talk just, about just move forward. <laughs> so yeah, like Thomas Edison or someone would put ball bearings in their hands and then they would hold them so as they fell asleep when they got to that point they would drop them and it would wake them up and then he would be like oh, I might have a good idea in this state. So um, what? Some more creative state? Yeah, that's supposedly supposed to be more creative state. All right, so let's jump into uh, REM sleep. So REM sleep is obviously, instead of having the slow wave moving patterns, you have fast desynchronized patterns, uh, more similar to like when you're awake. And then REM is named after the fact that you have rapid eye movement. So REM stands for, or REM stands for rapid eye movement. Um, so this is the stage that most is, is most associated with dreaming, and this is where you would have your vivid, active, and bizarre dreams see that's why i always thought you only dream in rem sleep is because i was like well if you're dreaming and you're looking around in your dream then maybe your your muscles of your eyes are still like working and just like moving your eyes in your head you know but apparently that's wrong you can still dream without rem yeah but it's just boring and mundane so those are dreams where you're just not looking around like have you ever had a dream where you really like you literally thought you woke up got ready and you're like experiencing getting ready in real time (laughs) and then you all of a sudden wake up and you're like dang it (laughs) i thought i already went through all this yeah i gotta do it again i actually remember the last time i did that that's all I'm going to say. About <laughs> there was a story about that. <laughs> it's not too exciting. It's just uh, my wife and I were staying in a in a hotel, but we had to get up at a specific time in order to uh, get the breakfast that came with the hotel room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, like in the back of my mind, because I set an alarm, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh, I got to get up and like at least be awake enough that I can go get the the food." Or, but then we also had to call and let them know. So that was kind of the thing that, like, I needed to get up and call them to to 
bring it to us. And if we missed the time, then we didn't get the breakfast. So anyway, I just remember in my dream, I'm like getting up and like just putting on pants, <laughs> just getting ready to call. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden I realized that I'm still laying there and I was like, oh man, <laughs> I didn't do this yet. Now I still have to get up and call. But yeah, so, and then the other kind of interesting thing that I found interesting about REM sleep is, so I said already in non-REM, you can move, right? So in REM, your body actually excretes a chemical that paralyzes you. So you can't move. Because if you could move, you actually act out your dreams. Yeah, those are the dreams I hate. Like when they're super scary dreams. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but you... In like you feel paralyzed in your dream, like you can't move. Yeah, and then you're like, if you ever had a dream where like you're trying to run away, or like you, I'm like, trying to can't scream. go very fast or something. Yeah, and you actually they have found that because your body is paralyzed in real life, it actually does sometimes translate into the dream, and you feel that way in your dream yeah. because you can't uh, move. There is a, uh, and maybe you're going to cover this at some point in time, but there is a uh, situation. In fact, my coworker told me that he's he's dealt with this on occasion that uh he has sleep paralysis that basically like your body is still in the sleep stage to where you're you're paralyzed but uh-huh. you are yourself you're conscious yeah yeah no that actually happens to quite a few people and they do they wake up but they're still in that paralysis state and then they so they can't move or and they can't talk or, or some people like will only have like half their body will be remain paralyzed and not the other half or like, yeah, different things like yeah, that. But, it's super interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's why is because your body actually goes into a paralysis state uh, while you're in REM sleep or else you could end up hurting someone or yourself or something like that. If you're acting out your dreams all the yeah. time. So then that brought up an interesting experiment they did with a with cats. So they went in and they figured out, okay, if we create lesions on certain parts of the cat's brains, that basically will prevent them from entering that paralysis state. Like what would happen? Cause typically you could watch the cat. They, they're fairly similar. They'd be a non-ram and then they go into like, they would fall into like a deep sleep and then they would, their head would just like kind of fall even further towards the ground when they reached REM mm-hmm. sleep. But instead, the cats that they created these lesions on, um, instead of them going and like actually becoming paralyzed, as soon as they went from non-REM to REM sleep, their heads perked up, and they started looking around and acting out as if like they were in like encountering something or or dealing with something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's the same thing if they did that to humans. I would imagine that. Could you imagine what your life would be like? <laughs> With all the dreams that you have, I would have to be like in like a sealed <laughs> box or something. <laughs> Your just wife wakes up and she's like, Danny, "Danny, what are you doing? Why are you in the laundry basket again?" Like, I'm I'm watering our tomato plants. <laughs> it's very important. But like my dog Garen, I I wonder sometimes like what he's dreaming. Like, what does a dog dream about? Because every once in a while when he's asleep. He'll start barking, but not full on bark, but it'll be like a because he's not opening his mouth. But I'm like, what is he dreaming about? What What's he barking at? My boxer dream? does that too, so might be a boxer thing. Well, I've yeah. seen other dogs do it too, but, but it goes, yeah. But that just goes to show you that all animals, dogs included, um, I mean, typically mammals, we specifically have like the way that we sleep, uh, versus other animals, but. 
dogs are mammals, so makes sense. Um, so then that gets us into, so there's stages of the sleep cycle that you go through every night and we've covered them basically, but you have your non-REM and your REM, but there's a stage one, stage two and stage three non-REM sleep. And then the REM sleep stage one is basically just when you're like drifting off and slowly transitioning, you're just basically passing out. Then you drift into stage two, which is where your brain waves continue to slow down even more, but you're easily awoken. This is the stage where you could have like that feeling of falling Mm. or the spasm or really, I mean, any noise could just wake you up or whatever. You're easily awoken. Stage three is when you, your brain waves go to the slowest and that's when you're in the deepest sleep. So that's when it's like the hardest to wake you up. Then you transition quickly from stage um, in, or you go into REM sleep uh, and then basically during REM sleep is what we described the first time around. It's usually 10 to 20 minutes, but throughout the night, typically the REM stage gets a little longer each time and your non REM stage gets shorter each time. Hmm. So that's a whole sleep cycle for most people takes about 90 minutes. So most people have about five to six sleep cycles per night. Um, and then when you wake up almost always, if you wake up naturally, especially you're waking up from REM. So you almost never wake up from non-REM. You're always waking up from REM, which is why I don't know. Do you guys ever like feel like you have more dreams just before you wake up, like in the early morning hours? Yeah. If I do, yeah. If I can remember dreams, it's because it's just I woke up right at that moment, and that's what I can remember. So yeah. So that's the same with me. Is like I feel that's what I feel like too, is because you're coming out of REM sleep. And that's natural and normal. Um, that's what you want to have happen. And then they say the larger the brain, the longer the sleep cycle in the animal. So uh, I tried testing my sleep cycle, and it was just one long sleep cycle the whole night. Oh. So I don't know what that means. but It doesn't mean anything. A big brain doesn't necessarily mean that you're, like, smarter. It just means I have a big <laughs> It just means I... <laughs> Just means I have a big head. <laughs> I have to have big hats, <laughs> and that's cool. I've been wait, I've been waiting for that joke this whole time. I feel like I didn't present it well. You did not, and you left an opening for me to razz you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure Shaquille O'Neal's pretty smart, but I don't think he's the smartest person in the world. I don't know. He's pretty smart in business. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. Doesn't he own like a whole bunch of like restaurants now? Yeah, the dude definitely put his money to good use. So, yeah. Um, But anyway, so the REM part though is when you're actually getting rest. So when you're building up a sleep or non-REM, I'm sorry, when you're building up the sleep debt that we talked about throughout the day, especially. I mean, so even if you're getting plenty of sleep each night, you're still building that sleep debt throughout the day. You're just getting to the point where your body's getting more and more tired, and it's going to require sleep. So when you're in that stage three that I talked about, the deep sleep area, that's when you're actually like paying back that debt. That's when your body's getting that rest necessary to kind of offset the time that you were awake. But then they also found, interesting enough, that every time you go into the stage three non-REM, your body requires you to go into REM. So they kind of go hand in hand. So this causes you actually like if you don't sleep for like 24 hours and you're like... I'm just going to sleep for the next 24 hours to make up for it. Mm. It doesn't work. You can't do it. 
because your body will automatically start kicking you into REM and you're not getting that sleep, the type of sleep you need. So it's actually going to take you several days of just trying to get like eight to 10 hours of sleep to pay back that debt. That's the oh. best way to do it. So you can't just be like, going to be awake for 24 hours, going to go to bed for 24 hours. It's got to be like, I'm going to be awake for 24 hours because I have to. I'll sleep 10 hours, 10 hours, 10 hours, and maybe I'll get back to normal. Okay? Guys good with that? (laughs) Yep. Sounds good. Just just trying to give you guys some good sleep advice, what Trav doesn't need because he's already good at this. So I got to excel at something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just to get into the last little bit here um, before we end part one, but sleep requirement by age. So did you guys know that as you go through your life, you're going to need different sleep requirements. So as a baby, you need about 16 hours of sleep a day. Small children need about 10 to 11 hours a day. Teenagers need about eight and a half to nine and a half hours per day. Adults, seven to nine hours. Senior citizens actually can get away with less than six hours of sleep. And then it's an interesting curve, but basically each decade that you age, once you're an adult, um, you require about 28 minutes uh, or your sleep duration usually decreases about 28 minutes per night. So that's why old people are always up so early. Yep. That, yeah. But then you would assume that they were also up pretty late. So I no. I don't know why they have to go to dinner at four. <laughs> because they're hungry at four. <laughs> <laughs> And they have the early bird specials. Yeah, no, I think that's why they go is because they can get the senior citizen discount at four o'clock, beat the rush. But they probably really don't. They would be it's happy just if logistics. They get at six. <laughs> but optimally, they figure over the course of your life, if you can average between six and a half and seven out seven and a half hours of actual sleep per night, that's the optimal range to be in, and that gives you your lowest risk of mortality. Anything outside of that, too much, too little, actually increases your risk of dying. So you should target. I specifically have targeted seven hours of sleep per night for like the last few months, maybe a year now. And I love it. Yeah. So, (laughs) yep. And I don't need to get into it now, but I also try to find times for siestas. I can't find time for those. (laughs) (laughs) There's too much to do. All right, and then have you guys ever heard of the circadian clock? Yep. Nope. So this is something that I stumbled across a couple years ago, and I actually became somewhat obsessed with it, but it's basically a mechanism in your brain that regulates your wake and sleep cycles. So you just kind of naturally have, like, do you ever go through the day, and, like, people will say, like, after lunch, I always, like, feel so tired, Mm -hmm. and, like, I just want to sleep, right? So this is part of just like the natural circadian rhythm. And it's actually not because people will say it's because I'm digesting my food. That's why I feel tired in the afternoons because I ate lunch. Right. But it's not. It's actually a natural circadian rhythm. And then everyone has kind of maybe a little bit different natural rhythm. So for me, for example, like I have good energy in the mornings when I first wake up. But then in mid morning, I have a drop off. And then I actually regained some good momentum like through noon and into the early afternoon. And then the late afternoon, I have another drop off. And then I regain some more energy towards the evening. Is like, this, That's my natural circadian rhythm. Is it based on like day and night though? So, yeah, and that's called in, uh, being entrained. So, 
all animals, uh, mammals especially, have a circadian rhythm. Um, they're all basically 24 hours in length, roughly. But some animals or some people may have sh- like slightly shorter uh, durations and some might have slightly longer durations. So if you have what you call a free-running circadian clock in your head, meaning it's not entrained to anything. So if you were just sitting in a dark room or you had an animal in a dark room and it didn't know like what time of day it was, yeah. then if it had like a circadian clock naturally that was like 22 hours long, it would go to bed or like two hours earlier each night and wake up two hours earlier each morning until like basically it would cycle back around to like the same time. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then same vice versa. If it's like a 26 hour circadian clock, they would go to bed two hours later, wake up two hours later. Um, but your body naturally does get entrained. And the number one, uh, thing that causes that is the sun up sundown. So, it gets entrained to the light cycle. And then, so when it gets dark, your body naturally starts to feel like, oh, now I need to start getting tired. And then when it gets light, oh, it's time for me to wake up. Right? So that's just like a natural clock that your body has built into it um, over time. So if you have, since you have this, and then that brings in like the morning birds, some people are more prone to just be like, I like to wake up earlier. Because their circadian clock is kind of more built that way, mm-hmm. and then night That's owls. Not me at all. Yeah, night owls are opposite. Their circadian clocks are more delayed, and so they want to stay up later, but they have a harder time waking up. But there's natural things that you can do to kind of offset certain things that cause it. Because the things that like really throw off your circadian clock is like when you travel somewhere and you have jet lag. That's yeah. because your circadian clock is completely thrown off. On the same time, if you do swing shifts like Alan, like you do, Mm -hmm. then that's another thing that can cause a major disruption in your circadian clock. So what you have (laughs) to say clock. (laughs) (laughs) I think we get that it's the circadian clock. (laughs) Wait, yeah, but it's what's called circadian clock. (laughs) It's a rhythm and a clock. But yeah, so It's just they find like little things like it's easier for you to what they call phase delay. So it's easier for you to actually like stay up later, force yourself to stay up later than it is for you to force yourself to wake up earlier. Like most people can do that. That's definitely me. Yeah. And that's most. I hate waking up. So it's easier for that reason. It's easier for people to travel from like east to west. Hmm. Um, they can deal with the jet lag easier that way. Oh, okay. Then if they go from west to east and then vice versa, if you are going to be doing swing shifts, you really should schedule them. So you go from day shifts to night shifts, not night shifts to day shifts, going from night shifts to day shifts. Actually, not only is harder on you, but it's like way worse on your health long term. So, if your job is having you do that, you should talk to them and be like, I can only go from day shifts to night shifts, not the other way around. I'll let them know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other last thing is blind people struggle with this sometimes because they can't get entrained because they can't see. Mm-hmm. And so they actually can end up where they have the free running circadian clock and they need something to help them can keep that time so that they can actually go to bed. Like when they're supposed to go to bed and wake up when they're supposed to wake up instead of just becoming completely just like on their own 
natural free running circadian clock. Yeah. So, but yeah. So why? Yeah. How come? So if you're in, uh, you said REM sleep, and then you you have sleep paralyzation. Yeah. Like, how come your ears still work and you wake up from an alarm? Why is do you do you know anything about that? Well, I don't think your ears require you to not be paralyzed. Like, yeah, if there's a guy who paralyzed necessarily, yeah, you don't see like so, a okay, yeah. quadriplegic who like is like also <laughs> deaf. <laughs> like he can still hear. Fine, all right. That's like, why can't you hear? I broke my back. <laughs> <laughs> With the fact that he answered, <laughs> great. He should be like, huh? All right, well, that was part one <laughs> of the uh, science behind sleep. I'm assuming this will be a, uh, you'll have uh, the second part next week and then the third part the week after. Yeah. So okay. next week we'll go into probably more the negatives, so like the diseases and the issues that come with sleep or that are sleep-related, and then the week after that we'll go more into like the benefits and like, what is actually happening in your body that's that's good for you? That's why you're sleeping, you know, the things that are actually positive. But really quickly, because this is one of those subjects that I realized was difficult to to explain and talk about. So I'm just trying to get back feedback from you two. Like what what out of that was like interesting so I can focus more on the interesting things. Can we talk about it, you know, not on the podcast. <laughs> you know, when we have our little meetings, <laughs> I feel like that would be a more useful time to do that. Well, you know, I just figure that maybe the people would understand. Well, if we talk about it off the podcast, then you can figure it out and give them what, I, I don't know. I just figure we don't need to have a powwow 55 minutes into this. <laughs> Okay, Alan. All right, let's move on to what's that? Oh, no, that's me. (laughs) What are the most fascinating exoplanets? And what you're hearing right here is just static. Getting a full (laughs) play-by-play. All right. If anyone knows what that's from, leave us a comment. Okay. I think I know what it's from. What? Should I leave a comment or should I say it? You can guess. Contact. No. So that was... Well, that sucks. An audio interpretation of a lightning storm on Saturn that Cassini picked up. So uh, there was a storm going on, lightning flashes, uh, but it's it's also sped up. Because like every single one of those little was a lightning strike, hmm. uh, but lightning gives off light waves, and not just invisible light, but also radio waves that can be picked up by an AM radio. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, been listening to an the AM radio during a thunderstorm, but occasionally, like you'll you'll get little crackles and it's from the whenever only time I like off. to listen to AM radio. Is just to hear the storms. <laughs> so to Trav, all he knows is that all AM radios just crackly all the time. So yeah, that was sped up, and so every second, 
I think, correlates to about four minutes and 18 seconds. So what's what's Cassini? Cassini. Cassini. It was a space probe sent to Saturn to study Saturn. Duh. And he says that like everyone knows this. (laughs) Oh. Well, duh. That's why I said space. That was sent to Saturn. You don't know because it was like a revolutionary, (laughs) revolutionized our understanding of Saturn and its rings. Because before it was like on its way to, I think like its power was dying, its battery, whatever. So they decided they were going to actually like put it into an orbit where it could continuously like fly through the rings of Saturn and get closer and closer to to Saturn. And those are like the most amazing pictures we have of the rings. They're pretty insane if you actually look at them. But um and then it crashed into Saturn and it's gone. Cuz the And rings, this only happened like a few months ago that it finally crashed into Saturn. Oh. The rings though are made out they're not like solid rings like they're actually yeah, just not like, like little particles, right? Like, what if we did go there and they were like actual like hula hoops? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, they're just they're ice chunks and particles, just like millions and millions of them. So from far away, they look like it's a solid ring, but yeah, there are a lot of gaps in them that we've discovered with Cassini. Uh, but I'm not actually here to talk about Saturn, Saturn, because Saturn is in our solar yes, system. Yes, I'm here to talk about exoplanets and an exoplanet is basically just a planet that is not in our solar system and is orbiting another star so a whole different solar system um and it's only been like since 1992 that we've always you know we've had people like i think there most likely will be planets around other suns like why wouldn't why would we be any different you know um, but it was, I think it was like 1992. I don't know. Uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, if you have better information, but 1992, I think is like when we detected the first, uh, exoplanet around a pulsar. I think it was sometime between 1991 and 1993. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, we detected a tiny little exoplanet. Going around a pulsar, uh, not by just like directly seeing it because it's super far away and you can't do that. Um, but because it, the way it, its gravity was moving the pulsar, it makes the pulsar like look like it, it's getting further and then closer and then further and closer, like gyrating back and forth, which change a uh, pulsar, by the way, is a super fast, uh, spinning neutron star that emits emits pulses of light that are very like accurate like basically more accurate the most accurate clock you could ever have in the universe but if you have something that's slightly changing its distance away and toward you um then it's the light that comes from it when it's further away it'll take a little bit longer to get to you when it's closer it'll get you faster so that's how we figured out oh something is gravitationally moving this pulsar back and forth and that was the first planet outside our solar system that we ever like confirmed and which wait which star was this around uh it was i don't know the star's name it's a pulsar though oh but it might have been pegasi i think it is pegasi 
And is the Pulsar, is that like the brightest thing in the universe? Uh, I don't think it's the brightest thing. A leading question. (laughs) Sounds like you know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Do you have information that says it's the brightest thing? No. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of a quasar. A quasar. Yeah, quasars are pretty bright. Supernovas are also bright. (laughs) (laughs) You You can see quasars and supernova from damn near across the entire universe. Yeah. So, but a quasar is just like where it sprit spritzes, it spits light like up and down in essence even though there really is no up and down I guess in the universe, but out of its like poles. Yeah. So like the jets kind of like jets of light. Yeah. Yeah, so a pulsar is a star like our sun that has gone through its life cycle. And shed its outer outer layers, and then its core has collapsed down to um, it doesn't have enough mass to collapse all the way down to a black hole and crush in on itself. It has enough mass to uh, to become basically a neutron star, which which uh, what's the word um, electron electron degeneracy? I think it is. So atoms, the that's, electrons. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> Exactly in, the word in atoms, that I was. No, in atoms of. you have the electrons like going around the nucleus, and they kind of create a, a electrical barrier that like they repel each other. Oh yeah, that's the protons and the neutrons. Well, the protons and neutrons are in the nucleus. Yeah, I'm sorry. The electrons, the electrons, and then the electrons are, being, the electrons yeah. are going around. They're spinning around it. Yeah, yeah. But there's this natural repulsion, repulsion, so they're not just like smushing together. Um, but a neutron star, it has collapsed with enough gravity to break that repulsion barrier and actually push the electrons into the nucleus. Um, and an electron is a negative charge. Proton is a positive charge. So it smashes the electrons and protons together and you get a net neutral charge. So all you're left with is all neutrons basically. So these are like super, super dense. So that's why they call them neutron stars? Yep. Yeah. Because they turn into basically just pure neutron is what they're made of. And, and they're considered super dense. Yeah, point, they're like right? they're pro- like the most dense object there is other than a black hole. Yeah. Where like a teaspoon weighs the, ma- the as much as Mount Everest if you had a teaspoon of it. So it's like one of those, of a pulsar is... Trap? What? Would you like a teaspoon <laughs> of neutrons? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that a question that you can ask somebody? Like, is that yeah, relevant to... He just talked about neutrons. But does, has that ever been uttered to anybody <laughs> in this in the history of life? Yeah, I just uttered it to you. Would you like a teaspoon <laughs> of neutrons? <laughs> Like, what's the case? So what's that? Show? Funny because I would actually love one. A Fut- of Futurama. Um, you guys familiar with that show? Yes. Yeah. So that one Dibbler is that the character? It's like the crab guy. The, no, it's like the little. Oh yeah, maybe like fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, he poops. Cute kind of creature, yeah, he but he poops like dark matter. Yeah, but it's like super dense and it's like super heavy. So that just made me think of that. Okay. <laughs> if someone came and they offered me a teaspoon of neutrons, I would take it. That would be awesome. How would I'd you, be the how only would you one. take it? 
Okay, what are exoplanets? (laughs) (laughs) We stopped talking about neutrons. Uh, So basically, a pulsar is a fast-spinning neutron that gives off light in in flashes. Does that sum it up for you? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I'll stop asking questions. So ask questions, <laughs> ask relevant questions. <laughs> so as of uh, July twenty or July of twenty nineteen, there are four thousand ninety six ex- confirmed exoplanets in around three hundred and fifty three different stars. Um, so what is that? That's like a, a little more than ten. It's like eleven or twelve per star on average. N- no. Oh, did I say three hundred? I meant around. 3,000. Oh, so that's 53 like one, different one star point, systems. One point, like a little less than one and a half. Yeah. Okay. And uh, with 664 of those systems having uh, more than one planet that we've confirmed. Um, did you have any questions about Earth? Yes, so Earth. We we set this up so you could kind of interview me and ask a few questions if you wanted to, but we weren't talking about, like, would you like a teaspoon of (laughs) neutrons? So you can ask questions, just don't ask, do I want neutrons? So don't don't ask (laughs) neutral questions (laughs) you want me to ask. Positive or negative questions. Okay. So, but yeah, like questions I would have about exoplanets, because I think exoplanets are, it's an interesting thing to think about, right? Because then it just, I think what it naturally leads to is like, hey, there's all these different variations of planets that I'm assuming made out of different materials and, and uh, ultimately yeah. like, well, can some of them harbor life? Are they like earth-like, you know, yeah. something like that. So yes, to start that train of thought, I guess. So out of those 4,000 some odd uh, exoplanets that they found, do they know what those ex- exoplanets are made out of from, you know, um, a material standpoint? Can they tell like, oh, this planet is made up of a lot of like has iron and this and that mm-hmm. in it? Or is it, I mean, can they tell that? And if so, how how or how do they know that? Yeah, so there are like actually an amazing amount there's an amazing amount of information you can get just by observing an exoplanet that's light years away that i didn't even know we we knew all this stuff but um so as far as what a planet is made of so if you're looking for an earth-like planet which by the way earth-like i've realized when i was trying to i was like googling like how many earth-like planets have we found there's no like just number you can say because there's so many different variables to what earth is there's its mass you could have the same mass but not the same density you could have um and then its density um how big it is volume wise or radius wise um what its composition is does it have an atmosphere does it have a, a electro um or a magnetic field so there's no set answer of like how many Earth-sized planets, but if you are looking for an Earth-like planet you that life can live on, you might want one that's solid with a solid ground like Earth and is a rocky planet. Yeah, which means you're going to be looking for more dense planets. Earth is the most dense planet in our solar system because it has a giant iron. And iron I mean, core. size can be important at some point. 
meaning wealth. <laughs> <laughs> no, size Usually. doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what they say. It's the motion of the exoplanet. <laughs> but <laughs> so, but no, like, because obviously, if you have a planet, even if it was solid, but it was huge, like you know, it was the size of Jupiter. Like the gravity on that would be immense, right? Well, yeah. So if it's if it's as dense as Earth and the size of Jupiter, you would be life would be just crushed pretty much. Yeah, like you wouldn't. So yeah. yes, at some point the size would matter, but it could be you know twenty percent bigger than Earth or twenty percent smaller than Earth or something yeah. like that. But I think when I ask about Earth or Earth-like planets, it's not so much the size per se that I'm asking about, but it's more. Do they is our planets in what they would consider the Goldilocks zone around other stars, oh, okay. which would be like an habitable zone. zone where it's not too hot, it's not too cold, where and then you primarily can have probably water. yeah, liquid water would be a huge yeah factor in where that. it's not too cold and it's just ice and it's not too hot where it's just evaporated away. Yeah, you can actually have liquid water um, to sustain life. So, well, there is actually the closest exoplanet that we have found is actually going uh, orbiting the closest star to us, which is 4.25 light years away, and is called Proxima Centauri. Um, the planet is just Proxima Centauri B. They, that's how they're, they name them. Is, they name it after the star. The star is considered Proxima Centauri A, and then you have the first planet they discover around that star, the beast. B and then C if you discover another one. What if they discovered twenty six planets? Then you would get to Z. Well, no, no A A. Oh, okay, <laughs> so they do go A A. Trav hated that question. <laughs> do you so, have a better way of wording that question? Did we need the question? <laughs> <laughs> I, there could be a star. I bet you there is a star that has twenty six planets. Okay. <laughs> all right i want to ask a question okay what are the most fascinating exoplanets (laughs) well so i was gonna save that for last because that that was i I know because you and i were talking about this before and it was very fascinating well i kind of changed it because because i i couldn't really like do too much on just the most fascinating exoplanets because in my head that kind of was a more boring thing <laughs> Travis that was the mo- <laughs> but I do the things have that a you few. told me out in the living room were like amazing okay <laughs> I'll tell finish, me about let me, ice let me finish and- telling you about Proxima Centauri B real quick okay it's in the habitable zone of its star which is a red dwarf star which is 10 times smaller in mass than our sun. So it's and a, lot, it's a lot cooler. Yeah, it's a lot cooler. So the habitable zone is way, it's a lot closer in. So would um, this be like equivalent to like where Mercury is or no, Venus? No, it's way, it's, it's even this closer is, than that. We're talking four and a half million miles away from the its star versus Mercury is like 30 ish, 30 oh. something million miles. Wow. So it's pretty close in there because it, this, star is not giving off a lot of heat because it's so small um they it's about it's about the size of earth and the density of earth um and they when they first discovered it they thought ooh this could be like so close to us and it's about 
Earth-like. It's in the habitable zone. Like this would be an awesome place to look for life. But it turns out its star, we have detected just massive flares coming off of this star that would basically cook anything near it. So, so it's really not in yeah, the habitable so we're, zone. Yeah, so exactly. Like we need to maybe redefine the habitable zone because there are many factors that factor into whether life can live. So that's Proxima Centauri B. Um, and so I'll get into what Trav wanted to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be the way I'll uh, sum this segment up. Did you know? Well, Trav knows now. I know Danny, now, but I had comments. You know? I had comments. Oh, are I you going to make comments? I reserved them oh. from when you originally told me. <laughs> so there is a planet that we have discovered that is so close to its star and it is so hot that it has the the star powers wind speeds on this planet of up to 15 times the speed of sound so what's that 15 times Mach 15 650ish what is that <laughs> About ten thousand right. miles. He has to mutter the set, the numbers so you think that he's like well, six hundred and fifty times. The pure, the sheer fact that you have to like mutter off that it's like, oh, I know the speed of of what was it? Sound. I know the speed of sound. It's six hundred and fifty, <laughs> roughly. So it's about ten thousand miles per hour. <laughs> Sounds good. Any. <laughs> we know you're smart, okay? <laughs> you don't have to secretly tell us. <laughs> I was really doing the calculation. <laughs> okay. So not only is this the heat from its star, because it's so close, powering wind speeds of Mach 15, but sand melts and evaporates on this planet into the sky as and then condenses as molten glass. Mm. So then you get raindrops of glass, molten glass that are falling, and as they fall, they cool and they harden into shards of glass. So now the situation you're left with, if you are on this planet, is shards of glass being thrown around at Mach 15 by super high winds. And my comment to that would have <laughs> is, oh man, nobody would be out there singing the song if raindrops were <laughs> lemon, drops, lemon drops and gum drops. Oh, what a rain that would be standing outside with my mouth open wide going, ah! <laughs> you were saving that for like two I hours. I was. It's been so long <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> they probably wouldn't even get to that part of the song before they were done. <laughs> you know what? Semantics. <laughs> <laughs> These are all <laughs> hypotheticals anyway. <laughs> Somebody living on a planet that is out of our solar system that is close enough to a star that can melt its rain or sand or whatever. Yeah. So yes, all hypotheticals. But. So there's and then, so there's another one. I'll do two more. One, there's another one that um, it's it's. I think they I heard four times the mass of Jupiter, and so its gravity is so great, and then also it's super close to its sun or its star. 
uh, it's the gravity is so great and hot that um, you get, or this is this is an elliptical orbit going um, super elliptical orbit, and it gets so close to its star. So for those of us who don't necessarily <laughs> understand that, it's a I'm super imagining it's more oval. oval. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, meaning that when it's in like the the long side of the oval per se, then it's super close to the star. And then when it's in the ends of the oval, it's like far away from the star. Yeah. Okay. Basically. So, um, that's, I actually, I mixed, I mixed up the last two planets. <laughs> this one's not you know an what? elliptical over. I don't even it's, think this one I'm talking about is so close to its star. Um, and has so much gravity that chemistry works different when it comes to like water molecules and you can end up with something they call ice 10, which is basically hot ice that you, <laughs> hot you have, ice. Yeah. You have ice. I heat up. You have, the ice you have water in the microwave. You have mo- water that is a solid like ice, but at like 400 degrees. So huh. you get hot ice. Wait, and this is all due to, to <laughs> increase gravity. Increased gravity and heat. Yeah. And energy. And so somehow it just, because of the increased gravity, it compresses well, the, yeah, yeah. a solid. Yeah. Okay. Like, like on Jupiter, there's something called metallic hydrogen, which it's, it's gravity like at its core is enough to, to smash hydrogen so close together that it becomes conductive and you get like hydrogen metal hmm. basically. And so to clarify the first one you talked about, was that the elliptical orbit one? No. The no. First so one now was I'm going to talk about the elliptical orbit one. Oh, okay. So the first one is really close to this to its star, and so is this one. Yeah. Okay. So the last one uh, is another planet that is. This is the elliptical one where it's so ellipt- its orbit is so elliptical, meaning it shoots way out. It's 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 super oval, <laughs> basically. It shoots way out from its. It star. almost sounds like you're gonna do like a your mama joke every time you say that. Like it is so elliptical. How elliptical is it that your? <laughs> it's like your mama, mama is fat. Uh. <laughs> your mama is so elliptical that she does. This will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she does Pilates. In a circle, yeah. <laughs> I had nothing. This sucked. <laughs> Let's delete this part. <laughs> do you guys want to hear about this plan? I do. Not? Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it's so elliptical <laughs> that most of its orbit, most of the time in its orbit, it's way far away from the star, and its atmosphere is cold, and you know. Cold. <laughs> Super cold. I don't know why I just kept going with that. But when uh, when it whenever it comes back around, it picks up speed and like is super close to its star for twenty four hours. And so you you get the side that is facing the star during that time gets superheated so fast compared to the backside of it, which is still cool. That it creates a giant shock wave and ex- literally explodes its atmosphere, and the shock wave just goes around the planet, and then it goes back out and it settles down, cools down, comes back, and then another just explosion of the atmosphere. So, what does explosion of the atmosphere 
mean or do. Like it means you have so much energy being pumped into this one side of it compared to the, compared to the cool side. You have such a difference in and so temperature. Like that energy has to go that, that, somewhere. Yeah, that energy has to dissipate. dissipate throughout. But it's being heated so quickly and so much that it's like a shock wave going through its atmosphere. Just that's my sound. <laughs> you know so that it goes back to the whole idea that like it just it wants to equalize, yeah. but it happens so fast that it can't just like slowly or naturally equalize. Yeah. It has to equalize in basically a violent shock wave, like a what you would picture a sound wave would look like mm. traveling I think, around the world. I think if I'm re- remembering correctly, the from the source that I got this information. Um, so you thought the Mach 15 was high wind speeds. This one, when it when its atmosphere explodes, explodes it has uh, wind speeds of up to I think twenty eight thousand miles per hour, something like that. Wow! And just to correct myself from earlier, Mach is closer to seven hundred fifty miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, all right. No, that's really cool. Actually, like I. Now I want to learn more about exoplanets. Oh, don't do it. This is just a bad... We should just stop the podcast because <laughs> he's literally going to just die. <laughs> from, I mean, every time... Oh, this is. I just want to learn more about it. I just want, <laughs> is this not enough? <laughs> Are the things we talk about not enough for you? For your curiosity. Why do you think I had to like learn all about sleep so that I actually would stop learning for a few? Like this has been a problem. I have a hard time stopping reading like books and articles, watching videos, like learning things to go to sleep. That is so easy for me to just not read. (laughs) (laughs) Yet I do it so much better than you. (laughs) It's true. I'm better at reading in my head. I can't read out loud. We don't know that for sure. <laughs> but that's true. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's not that I, I'm just trying to learn all this extra stuff. It's just that it takes me so long to learn one thing because I read so slow. It's like... Yeah, that's a hard one. The. I used that exact thing yesterday. With my wife and her sister, I was like, I'm a slow reader. I don't know how you guys read so fast. I'm just like, te-he, te-he. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> anyway. All right. uh, great. Was that the last one? Yeah. Or did you? Ha- okay. Well, let's uh, move on to this game that I have prepared for everyone. What's that sound? Nintendo edition. All right. Yeah, so uh, today's game, and uh, this is actually something that I'm kind of hoping that we can, uh, or, you know, that I'll be able to continue for different topics. Um, today's Hence edition, the, the Nintendo, Nintendo edition. is It's Nintendo. Nintendo. But uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to go from here. I mean, I actually, when I was putting this together, realized how difficult this was. And I am sorry, because I thought it would be a little bit easier and maybe it is. Maybe I am just totally underestimating you guys. So, like, difficult meaning difficult for you to put together or difficult meaning, like, 
the these, question. Like to have actually find Nintendo sounds. <clears throat> so no, no, no. okay. To super obscure so, sounds. Let me tell you the game. So it's it's kind of like Jeopardy. We have three three levels of of uh, I guess sounds. You have just like in a, a Nintendo game, you have a difficulty of easy, intermediate, and hard. And uh, there's five in each, and each one, uh, you know, it has uh, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, you know. And so we're going to score you guys that way. When we, if you do choose something from the hard category, it is pretty much double, because I don't think you will get any of them. <laughs> Okay. Honestly, um, and and what I said, why why I said it was difficult is because as I was going through it, there are definitely sounds that I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is, that is, that is. But as I was trying to put together fifteen sounds of ones that I could recognize, it became very difficult because I mean, like, I there's games that I know, but I don't think I really played them, and so I don't necessarily recognize the the theme music or, or any of the the That's level right. music. So. Are they music or are they sounds? Like sound effects, meaning it was like music and sound seems to be the same thing. But well, like I would consider like the ding 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 from the Mario game is like a sound. Okay, effect. no, then it's music. It's okay. like themes, theme songs. So we'll we'll get to that. But we're going to flip a coin here, um, and just to see who is picking first. One more question: Is there a daily double? Well, that's why I just did everything in the hard category is double so I th- there's so, an easy that's 100 points a medium that's a 200 point and a hard that's a 300 point right yeah i this really would have been better if we had a uh, board to do this from um so just know that in each category <laughs> okay. there are five songs okay easy five songs intermediate five songs hard five songs okay. but no daily double <laughs> Damn it, Danny! <laughs> the hell are you? Why are you double? worried about the daily double? I said everything. Just, all the five songs <laughs> in the hard category is worth double. Uh, no, but this—it doesn't have if, the word daily in it. <laughs> if, if there is an actual daily double, that completely changes the strategy that I would. No, use there is no strategy to attack this game, Danny. You will just have to guess the sound. Okay, I try and get the most points. <laughs> yes. Why is this That's so hard? All ga- <laughs> <laughs> that comes down to game theory. Okay, the, there the, is, Danny. The strategy is. Get if you are points. super behind, then maybe try for some hard <laughs> ones because they're worth double. Okay, <laughs> I didn't say this is Jeopardy. Maybe I'll do a, <laughs> an episode where I explain game theory behind Jeopardy. Okay, <laughs> okay. so okay, oh, <laughs> I, I thought you were docking me points. No, I should dock you points. <laughs> I just need a way to to keep track of what's been picked. Okay. All right. So we're going to flip a coin. Who's calling it? You want to call it out? Heads. Tis heads. Oh, dang it. So you can either choose to go first or defer. I had a 50% chance to win there. Defer. Okay. So Danny's going to select first. One, two, three, four, five. Three levels of that. So do you want to choose from easy, intermediate, or hard? So... If I get it wrong, does he get a chance to answer it? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Deferring, by the way, was bad strategy. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> uh, because there is no actual daily double, let's take, <laughs> let's take an easy. All right. Do you want one, two, three, four, or five? Uh, five. Okay. And here we go. What is that game? Space Invaders. No. Alan. <laughs> um, Duck Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I know this game. Do you need it one more time? Yeah. Everybody uh, listening to this is just like, are you kidding me? Pac-Man. Yes, but I mean... You don't get the points because you <laughs> So, yes, it is Pac-Man. I didn't know Pac-Man was on Nintendo. I thought Pac-Man was, like, before Nintendo. No, it's on Nintendo. I mean, it's an arcade game, but it was also on Nintendo. So Let's just uh, say I'm probably going to lose this <laughs> game because I'm younger, and so you guys had more time with the Nintendos. Nintendo. Well, maybe a f- Yeah, I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. Does it, a lot of these songs, I guess Space was, Invaders, which actually is an Atari game. Yeah, so I don't think you're at that big of a disadvantage. Well, that's even. Okay, All right, Alan. Because I was more like PlayStation well, era. We'll we'll see. I'll, maybe eventually I'll get to what's that sound? PlayStation edition. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll have an advantage. So, all right, well, you pick. You want easy, intermediate, or hard? Hard. Okay, one through five. You can mess with Dan's strategy here. Uh, one. One. Okay. Some of these are like 25 seconds. <laughs> it's okay. It helps give us more time. Zelda. No. I was going to guess that. So, yes, you screwed up first. <laughs> yeah. um, these are all popular these, games? Yeah. I'm going to go with Paperboy. Incorrect. Oh, Paperboy. The answer is DuckTales, but it is Duck a Tales. Yeah, but it is a specific level in DuckTales, which is the moon level, which is actually a very famous level for the DuckTales game, and that is actually in the uh, in the list of like most popular Nintendo Entertainment System mm. like songs. That's like in the top ten. So. Really? What? Yeah, but I just knew because it think... was a specific level that that's why I put it in the hard. I don't think I ever played DuckTales on Nintendo. But I didn't even it's know there was a amazing. Game. It's one of the greatest games. Really? Yeah. All right. So to, so far we are at zero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Daniel. First one to score, boy. Uh, easy for one. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> If I guess before the music ends, do I? Oh, no. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with oh, Super Mario Brothers. Which one? Number one. Okay. You get 100 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may prove to be insurmountable. <laughs> 
Yay, you got one. <laughs> All right, Alan, go for it. Easy, intermediate, or Easy. hard. So you got two, three, or four. Three. Okay. I'll give you a hint in the sense this is not necessarily just strictly a uh, a Nintendo game, but it was obviously made popular by Nintendo because mm. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Donkey Kong? Nope. <laughs> Do you Zelda? Have nope. Come on, guys. Tetris. Oh. <laughs> The crazy thing is, like, these actually are familiar sounding. But I know. That's what I'm saying. Place them. Like, if I was in your seat, I mean, I, I was, I'm pretty certain I could get all of the uh, easies. The easies and half of the intermediates. But some of the other ones, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would recognize them, but there's no way I could place them. Yeah. So that's, that's why I said, I'm sorry. I don't know what your level of. <laughs> expertise are on this i mean i probably would have been better at this when i was 10 yeah but i will say like one of the reasons why i just love the sound of the 8-bit music yeah it's uh, it i don't know catchy. it's very aesthetic to the to the ear <laughs> so all right easy so, for two yep easy two. Oh, this is actually the one that started the whole idea oh. so here we go Turtles. Yeah, boy. That is correct. Bing, 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 bing. Dang it. So you get another 200. Like I get another 100. I'm at 200 total, right? No, that was worth 200. They're not oh. each worth 100. Oh. Really? Yeah, I said that. I thought the intermediates were worth 200. No. Danny, you did not listen to a single thing I said at the beginning. Okay, each level, I said 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. Oh. And that's the same with easy and intermediate, but then they're doubled. So instead of 100, it's 200, 400, 600, 600 800, 800, and 1,000. This completely changes my strategy. I tried to tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Alan, easy, intermediate, or hard? Hard. Okay, hard. You got two through five. Five. Oh, man. Okay. Go for it. All the marbles. All right. right. I will tell you that this is also one of the more difficult games. I played it so much. Not that you would know from that. It's not a clue. I'm just pointing that out. I never played it myself because I never had the game. Uh, but my neighbor did, and so I was always over there playing this. I feel like you're giving away too much. How? Does he know my neighbor from West Jordan? <laughs> Do you know the Mortensons? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know Chris and Jason? No, I know John and 
What's that, bro? <laughs> um, Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner nope. or later, we're going to get it right. Nope. Right? <laughs> All right. Should we just end the game now? No. Because <laughs> it's going to be insurmountable. Do you have... After I talk. You, yeah, really? Do you know what this one is? Mm, yeah. What is it? <clears throat> it's a little game I like to call Marble Madness. No. <laughs> Whatever. That Marble is Marble Mad- Madness. It is not Marble Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, it's not Marble Madness. Guys, I literally don't know anything. It's of okay. These games. It's okay. It's still fun. <laughs> it's, listening to it is fun. <laughs> okay. It's world class track meet. So. It's the game that you had the pad. Yeah, and you ran. And you ran it. against the turtle, and then it just got, uh, like, the last one was the guy, and he was the cheetah. And you had to just, like, I don't think that physically the human body could Move stamp faster. on a pad as fast as you needed to to run faster than the cheetah. <laughs> but what you had to do, just because of... I imagine, like, I mean, picking your feet up and putting them down is, I mean, it was just, you couldn't do it fast enough. So we had to hold on to a table and just, like, push ourselves down (laughs) so that, like, we would not, like, kind of bump up. So, like, your feet are just literally going off the pad, like, just a millimeter (laughs) so that you could just go. What if you just used your hands? No, I, I don't think even that would that's so hard i mean i don't know i don't know but it was just <laughs> yeah it was really difficult but uh super fun so that's what that one was sorry daniel i was so confident that was marble madness <laughs> i know it's gonna be insurmountable okay <laughs> easy right, intermediate easy or three you already did three oh, so you got two or four, four. okay Wait, i already did easy two no you didn't you did intermediate two Oh. That's what I said. It's easier if we had the board, but just trust me. Okay. You have easy, easy two, two or four. Okay. Easy two. Should have just gone for the... DuckTales. There we go. Same game? Yeah. Oh. Just and that's then... the that's the main theme. It's just the other one was... So how much was that worth? 200? 200. Are there more from the same games? Like... Duplicate games? I think that's the only one. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm getting... Poor Alan, like everything is like, okay. Well, if there's another duplicate, then at least I have like a few that I can pick from. But then Travis, no, I think that's it. It's like, damn it. Well, now it's just the whole world that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and pick hard. Hard. Okay. You got two, three, or four. Two. Okay. Where is it? Oh. Some type of an adventure game? Um... Zelda. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Damn it. Woo! Damn it. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How's your strategy looking now? Wait, how much was that worth? 400. 400. What are you at? 500. 500. Damn it. 
<laughs> Way to go. That was, I mean, technically it's Legend of Zelda, but I'll, I'll let the Legend of. I, mean, I was going to go with Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, easy for four. Is that the only easy left? Yep. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. Here we go. Why does he get this one? I, I never you get it. You could have picked five easies. <laughs> there, I told you there's game theory behind all this. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with Duck Hunt. Here you go. I wanted to answer like four times, but the, it just kept going. <laughs> That's literally the only sound that I can find from it. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We are done with the easies. So we have, from intermediate, we have one, three, four, and five. And then hard, we just have three and four. So, Alan. Hard three. No, hard four. It's like Uh, rolling two twos on dice. All right. That is correct. I'm going to throw it because I know you have no clue what this is because you can use this as well as soon as he gets it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The title of the game, the initials, it's two words and both words start with the same letter. I'll just throw that out there. Um, Supersonic. No. Wrong PlayStation. Wrong console. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong PlayStation. <laughs> okay. Daniel. Uh, double Dragon. No. It is, is Double Dragon. Double Dragon is, I, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not it. It's Bubble Bobble. Oh. That was my second guess. Was it really? No. <laughs> Do you even remember Bubble Bobble? No. I remember playing that game. What was that one about? I honestly don't remember. You're like these two, um, like, lizard dragon guys i for i just remember the sound like and when i saw it i was like oh yeah i remember bubble bubble but sort of i don't really remember playing it what was the dragon to brush up on my nintendo Nintendo. what was the dragon one double dragon yeah it's Mm. two it's like a it was like yeah like a martial arts fighting but not like a mortal combat oh it's like you go through levels yeah all right alan intermediate or hard Wait, he just took this. Oh, Danny. Sorry. Um, intermediate one. Okie dokes. Here we go. <laughs> Your face. Just <laughs> because I think he knows what it is. <laughs> I have no idea. Do you I'm really? I'm just going to throw something out there. Like... Sounds familiar. I'm just going to go with Super Mario Brothers 2. He's so dumb. <laughs> he can never just answer a question. Huh? <laughs> That's what he always has always to says. prolong a freaking answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. You tell me. 
See how quick that answer was? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alan. (laughs) Go for it. Hard. You got three left. Three. Okay. This is what you want. Double Dragon. No. Damn it. Punch out. No. Is it some racing game? No. Is it football? It's more similar to Double Dragon. Mortal Kombat. No, that didn't, <laughs> wasn't introduced till later. Starts with a C. It's only one word. Cult. <laughs> Castle. <laughs> it's Contra. Oh. Contra? Yeah. It's just these two dudes with guns just running around shooting people. <laughs> Did you hear the, about that game, though? Like, after it came out, it was banned. Aversy. Contra? Yeah, it was banned. Because it was a controversy? It was contraband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we just have intermediates left. So uh, we got three, four, and five. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go intermediate five. Okay. I will say that you have to be specific on this one. Okay. When Mario's fighting Bowser, but do I have to tell you like which? Well, what's the game? The Let, just games? tell me the game first, okay? Super let's, Mario let's point Brothers out. Three, okay, and it is a level, the one where he can fly, and it's got like the, it's a castle, and it's got the lava. Oh. <laughs> no lava. <laughs> I'll give you half points <laughs> because it is it is Super Mario Three. But, but it is the dun, airship. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh, that's right. right. The airship. So the flying airship. So I will give you two fifty. <laughs> You're gonna win anyway. I didn't remember <laughs> half points being part of the rules. I make rules up as I go. That would have totally changed my. Card. You're winning. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you complaining? <laughs> would have totally changed my strategy if I knew there was half points. <laughs> okay. Alan, three or four? Four. All right. I will give you a hint. (laughs) Couple hints. Somebody has actually already said it, and it is a sports game. Football? Sports? I just said sports. (laughs) You can't specify. (laughs) Football sports? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Madden. No. Is it a racing game? No. We actually said the name of the game? Punch out. Yeah, there you go. Punch out. out. It's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh, Seriously, one of the most difficult games ever. Because you 
have to fight Mike Tyson at the yeah. end, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't it's it's basically the world class track meet because you're just this little tiny dude <laughs> and you're fighting like you first kind of fight some little small guys and they just get bigger and, and bigger yeah. and bigger as they go along until you're fighting Mike Tyson. <laughs> and there's you can't your ear off. You can't bite Mike or you can't fight Mike Tyson. Was that, <laughs> wasn't that literally <laughs> a thing though? It's like you you couldn't beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson punch out. Yeah. I don't know. All right, here's the last one, Daniel. Wait, I didn't get my points. Yes. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> Does it matter at this point? <laughs> no pun intended. We'll we'll do another one of these where it's more even even ground. Okay. Even playing field. But uh, all right, here we go. Whatever the last one is, that's what I take. Intermediate three. I know this one, but I'm just going to default to Double Dragon. Nope. Alan? Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It is a huge movie franchise. Um, Fast and the Furious. Had Jack Nicholson. Batman. There you go. Batman. I don't remember if I played that game, though. It's amazing. The music does sound familiar, so maybe I watch somebody play the game. Shouldn't it be or what's the Batman song? Batman. Danny won with a total of one thousand five hundred and fifty points to Alan's four hundred. Yeah. But it was a hard. It was this. That's what I was saying. As I was. I mean, it was a hard one that you. I know what Trav's going to say. Semantics, Danny, semantics. But I actually got 1,650 points. Okay. Did I count wrong? But you can just say semantics, Danny. Is it because of this? You didn't get this last one. I don't know. Five, a thousand. 1250, 1650. Yeah, whatever. Super interesting podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Semantics. Adding numbers. It was. <laughs> well, you know Danny and his numbers. He All right. He should have just been like, oh, just 400, <laughs> you know, 250, and carry those. <laughs> 1650. <laughs> so, anyway, there you have it. Um, hopefully, that was enjoyable. <laughs> I, like I said, as I was putting that together, I was realizing kind of how difficult it was. But it's kind of set the foundation now so that we can go forward and maybe I'll try a few of these. Like, we could do other game the consoles or, or generations, or I could do TV shows, um, movies, just like maybe, uh, just quotes from different movies and things like that. Although I feel like you guys would be, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like I'd, I'd be good at quote movie quotes. Okay. Well, maybe we'll try do, that. Yeah. You should do like dumb and dumber quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Just Dumb and Dumber quotes. <laughs> I could be like, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Um, make sure to tune in every... We, we release these episodes every Friday. And then, of course, we have our dream episodes that come out every Monday. So uh, 
Catch us anywhere you listen to podcasts, which are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the, and tune in. I always think that that's telling us to tune in. Like I need to tell people to tune in. Tune, tune in. <laughs> uh, and then, same bat channel, same bat time. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, we have a website that you can go to and interact with us at QCodePodcast.com as well as our social media uh, pages for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, QCO Podcast. So, and then of course we like to see those stars as much as Alan likes to see those stars. Yeah, you just need one more person to get to double digits Ooh. in ratings. Ooh. So close. <laughs> so thanks again, guys, for listening, and we will see you next time.